This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. you're about to do. Thank you for showing yourself strong only as you can. We are yours. We're not our own. We've been bought with the price of your precious Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Father, that your love is manifest in our midst today. Your word has free course in here today, Father not just limited to this place oh God let your spirit move throughout this city throughout this state throughout this nation and throughout the nations of the earth oh God show yourself strong only as you can we declare the lordship of Jesus Christ in this place we declare the lordship of Jesus over this nation we declare the lordship of Jesus over the earth oh God 
the earth is yours, the fullness thereof in the world, and all that dwell therein. You have and do of your good pleasure, Father. Save, heal, deliver, and set free. Bring life, bring understanding, oh God, where understanding it is needed. Let the anointing flow. Thank you for the anointing that's here right now, Father. Thank you for the anointing that's on part. The man of God that's going to bring your word. A now word for this now season, Father. For a now people, Father. For your glory. We give you all the glory. All the honor. All the praise. And all thanksgiving be unto you, our God. For what you're about to do. We love you. Because you first loved us. And we're grateful. worshiping I hear the Holy Spirit saying today is your day today is the day of salvation do not say tomorrow do not say one day do not say someday but today for I am a today God I am a right now God ask and you'll receive today ask and you'll receive today what would you have me do What would you have me work in your life? What is it that you hunger and thirst for? What is it that you desire? Today is your day. Right now. I'm not a one day God. I'm a right now God. I stand ready. I stand ready. What do you desire? What do you desire? Make your request known right now, Passion Church. What is it you personally? What are you hungry for? What are you desiring? What is the paramount issue in your life? You need breakthrough. You need healing. You need promotion in your job. Whatever it is for your family member right now. Make it known. Make it known. You know, I remember reading about a king that came to the prophet in the Old Testament. And he he was facing an insurmountable enemy that was against him. And uh, the prophet said, okay. The prophet had gotten up in age. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, take a bow and arrow. And he said, draw it back. And he said, I'm going to lay my hand on your hand and you're going to shoot the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And he shot the arrow. And then the prophet said, now, he said, take the rest of the arrows. And he said, I want you to strike the ground. And he struck the ground once, twice, three times, and he stopped. And the prophet was upset. And he said, why did you stop? He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then the victory would have been complete. I feel like there's some people in here, you have shot the arrow of deliverance. You've made your prayer. You struck the ground once, twice, three times. But you need to be passionate about your breakthrough. You don't need to give up. You don't need to give in. You need to rise up and say, I will not be denied what God has promised me I shall have. 
Bible says the violent take it by force. Not the passive, the violent. So if you're here this morning, you say, I need to strike the ground some more. I mean, now's your time. Now's your time. Say, God, I will not be denied. I'm going to have what I've been believing for. I'm going to have my breakthrough. I'm going to see household salvation. I'm going to see God move in our church, in our city, whatever it is, I'm going to see God move. I'm determined. Passion Church, I'm determined. I'm not going to have less than what God's promised. I'm not going to take less than what God's promised. I'm not going to let the devil determine my level. No way, no how, it's not going to happen. I like that. Not going to let the devil determine my level. I'm going on up. Because he's destroyed principalities and powers. They're under his feet. They're under our feet. Well, sorry if I stir you up a little bit. <laughs> Listen, church, we have to. I have to sometimes. I have to just shake it off. There's something about, you know, we go through life. We're, we're doing our stuff. We're working. We're doing the right things. All those things are necessary. Sometimes, you know, you just can kind of get in a rut. You know what a rut is, don't you? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. But sometimes we have to shake ourselves, don't we? We have to stir ourselves up. We have to stir our faith up and say, God, I will not be denied. God has great things, good things. And all that He has promised for you, to you, and all that He has spoken to you, He will fulfill it. Today is the day. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. You may be seated if you can. Welcome to Passion Church. I'm Norris Brazel, the lead pastor here. We're so glad you're here this morning. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and how long, church? Forever. Absolutely. So we welcome you here this morning to Passion Church, especially if it's your first time here. In just a minute or two, when the ushers come by with the offering envelopes, they're going to pass out a little red and white info card. Got about three lines on it. So if you would like to know more about us and, and, and maybe uh, connect with us, we'd love to connect with you on a personal level, more personal level, uh, get, get to know you us a little bit, who we are and what we're about. And uh, so in just a moment or two, Russia's going to come and do that. I want to read something to you from the scriptures as we get ready to give. Now we're going to be taking a couple of offerings this morning. Of course, we've got Brother Danny Johnston here with us today. And we're going to have a, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. And we're going to receive a special offering for him at the end of the service. But right now, I want to listen to what Paul said. He said, he said, I, I, he said, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. You know, I always say, if God's name wouldn't be able, God would be able. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things. I like the alls of God, don't you? Man, God's an all God. He's all in. He proved that when He sent Jesus. Isn't that right? 
He's all in about this redemptive stuff. When he sent his son Jesus, he sent his best. He's all in. He said, all I have, I give you. It's all. He said, in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, you know, I found this out. Uh, when, I, when I first got saved, especially from my background, I had a lack I mean, I grew up, we were so poor, we didn't have a bath, we had a path. I'm serious. I didn't have an indoor bathroom until I was in the seventh grade. My kids said, I live, said, Dad, you live like a little house on the prairie. But you know, you grow up like that, you can have a lack mentality can get a hold of you, brother Dan. But you know, God wants us to break off that lack mentality and have an abundant mentality. You know, a lack a lack uh, mentality. Listen to this now. A lack mentality, when it comes to, to, to uh, provision, we have a defensive and a maintenance mentality. You know, I want to make, I'm cautious. I'm, I'm worried about what I have, God. I might lose it. I might not have enough. So we get on the defensive. But you know, a trust mentality is on the offensive. And, and we know that what? We can use what God's given us if we will sow it, it will create opportunity. It will create more. I mean, even people in the world know that, don't they? You've heard of investors, haven't you? People invest. Maybe some of you have invested in a business. Maybe you've got stocks on Wall Street or somewhere. But I want to tell you, the greatest investment you will ever make is in the kingdom of God. Amen? You know what? I, I, when I had that mentality, I wanted to guard every dime I had. You know, I wanted to make some money, you know, put money in the can and sit on the can. I mean, you know, I didn't want any, to give away any. But, you know, as I began to understand how the kingdom of God operated, that God was with me as I went through this faith walk, that God was a God of abundance. And he said, if you will let go of what you've got, you know what? You get more. Isn't that true? We give, we plant our seed, just like the farmer does, he said, and God's what? He's going to multiply it back to you. I want to encourage you. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances. Maybe you need God to do something there. You know, we're already hearing, you know, at the first of the month uh, this year, we prayed about people for your finances. We want to increase. You know why? Because God's got things He wants to do in your life. He's got things He wants to do in us as a church. Man, I got my eye on a building. Listen, we're just passing through here. Are you listening? We're passing through. We're on our way to somewhere, amen? Spiritually and naturally. But you know what? It happens through you. That's the good thing, isn't it? I'm glad God doesn't just rain money out of heaven. I'm glad that He's going to bring it through you because you know what? You're going to be blessed as it comes through you. So listen, let's don't have a lack mentality. Let's have an abundance mentality that we're going to trust God. We're going to take what we have. We're going to begin to sow it. And God promised He's going to multiply it back to us. Amen. Well, I can tell you story after story. Cindy and I could, man. You know, we're on the mission field. We, we've been walking through life of ministry. We're just like you. We have, we have needs. We have crisis that's come. I'm telling you, God's supernaturally provided. I mean, it just, I mean, you just go, wow. How can somebody have a need in South America and 
watched God speak to somebody in Africa to meet that need. Wow. This was before the internet. I mean, we didn't have no Facebook. Only Facebook we had before God. We had, actually we did. We had the original Facebook. Get your face in the book. <laughs> Amen. And we had the greatest social media ever created. God's kingdom. What a network. But I promise you that as you're faithful to give, God will see to it that everything that you need in life and more will be made. Amen. Let's pray you're giving this morning. Just hold your offering there. Father, we're so grateful, so thankful for your generosity. God, you gave your best. You gave your son, Jesus. You said that you make all your grace. You're not, you're not giving it out with an eyedropper, but all your grace. You said you would make it abound for us. And Father, I thank you. Right now, I declare your grace is abounding toward Passion Church, toward everyone, toward those who may be visiting. Father, your grace is abounding toward us today. I thank you for that. I thank you for every need met in the lives of your people. Receive our gifts. Give them to you with a glad and thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Say this tonight, real simple say It's good 
Well, can you say amen? He is working for our good. Well, this morning, it's a great, great pleasure to have a dear friend and a great evangelist, Brother Danny Johnson. We've known each other close to 40 years. Woo, good gracious, you got that old already. About 38 years, but uh, Brother Danny's been coming to Passion Church just about that whole time that I've known him uh, for many years. Most of you know him. And uh, Brother Danny not only travels all over the United States, but uh, all over the world, too, preaching the gospel, people being saved and filled with the Spirit and healed and set free. So uh, get your faith in motion, draw on the gift, amen, and give a big passion welcome to Brother Danny Johnston. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. You can do better than that. For he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. I said, for he alone is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. He is wonderful. And he is welcome in this house. Let's try this side. I said, he is worthy. He is wonderful, and He is welcome in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Seasons change and seasons go. But there's a new change coming, don't you know? God said, you've been faithful to me, so don't give up, but cling on now. Get ready. He said, it's going to be. Hallelujah. There's something coming. Hallelujah. I'm talking about God as great and mighty things ahead for you on his agenda. Honey, are you ready? Are you ready? Raise up your right hand. Raise up your left hand. Come on, church. Come on, raise your hands with us, sister. Because, honey, get ready. Hallelujah. Because God said, this is your day. This is your day. As I looked at you, as I walked over from there to here, I saw something happening. I saw the hand of God coming on you right now. Those intestinal problems you've been having for some time now, God said they're going. They're going to be a thing of the past. Hallelujah. I'm talking about even this very week, there's been problems, there's been pressure, and the Lord part the Lord intestinal lining, but God said, get ready, there's a healing coming. You're never going to be the same again. Oh, 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 hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad to say that he is my God. He is my Lord. He's the eternal father. He is my heavenly daddy. So I ask the question, who's your daddy? Hallelujah. Who's your daddy? Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. Passion Church, I love you. I honor you. I bless you. Oh, hallelujah. You look good. I'm talking about, Brother Norris, this congregation, Passion Church, you look good. Why don't you turn somebody, just look at them, smile and tell them, say, you know, you look like you've lost some weight. Come on, tell them. Say, you know, you look like you've lost some weight. Come on, tell them. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, just, just call those things that be not. <laughs> As though they were. You know, but God has called us to walk in love. 
How many of that our God is a God of love? Our God is a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of kindness. This morning I was talking to one of the ladies at the motel. I won't call her name because I don't want to get in trouble. But I could just tell she was very snippy. I'm talking about very rude and crude. Come on now. She had an attitude. I mean, she had a radical attitude. I call that a ratitude. <laughs> but when I saw that, immediately I began to rise up and I wondered what in the natural. Come on, talk to me now. Snap back. Come on now. But the Lord says, son, remember the baby cried. I said, the baby cried. Come on, say that, please. The baby cried. Now, what do you mean? Several years ago, a friend of mine was flying from L.A. I'm not talking about lower Alabama, but he's flying from Los Angeles to Houston, a pastor friend of mine. And several friends of mine, members of their church, were on that plane as well. As they were flying from Los Angeles to Houston, Texas, sitting across the aisle from him, a lady was holding a baby. And I'm talking about for hours, three, four hours, whatever the flight was, that baby cried the entire time. I'm talking about that baby crying so loud. And people were getting irritated. My friend, the pastor said, I wanted to say something to the woman holding the baby. People couldn't work, they couldn't eat, they couldn't sleep, they couldn't think because that baby crying so loud the whole time. And I was thinking about stuff. He said, well, maybe the baby's hungry. Maybe the baby is sick. Maybe the baby's teething. Maybe the baby needs to be changed. But the baby cried and cried and cried. And he said, of course, I wanted to say something, but it did not. And before we landed in the Houston, the man sitting in front of them, I'm talking about maybe two feet away from the baby, heard that screaming, crying baby hour after hour after hour. And that man came to a breaking point. And that man stood up and turned around and looked at that lady holding the baby and said, will you shut that baby up? My friend says, I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. I'm the pastor. <laughs> and that woman holding the baby said, Sir, I would love to shut this baby up. But this is not my baby. And this baby's crying because this baby's mother is in a casket in the cargo hold of this plane. And this baby is crying for its mother. And that man had jumped up and began to shout at that woman. He turned and slithered down in his seat. My friend said, I'm so glad I didn't say a word. That baby is crying because that baby's mother is in the casket in the cargo hold of this plane. We were getting off the plane. The baby was still crying and crying and crying. And the woman with the crying baby was in front of me, he said. But as soon as we got off the plane, there was a man standing there. And that woman took the baby and gave it to the man. And immediately, the baby stopped crying. 
He said, I turned. I couldn't help it. I said to the woman, excuse me, but who is that man? And she said, that's the father. Church, sometimes we don't know what people are going through. I said to myself, I wanted to get snippy, Cindy, with that woman who was kind of rude and crude, with her attitude. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what she's going through. I don't know what she's facing. Before she came to work today, maybe her husband said, when you get home today, I'll not be here. You don't know. Maybe her doctor told her the other day, you've only got six months to live. You don't know. Maybe her boss there, the motel says, today is going to be your last day. I've got to let you go. You see, we don't know what people are going through. We don't know the heartaches, the troubles, the stress, the woes, the frustration, Brother Bruce. We don't know the things that are going through. What happened? And the baby cried. When I saw that this morning, the Lord said to me, my friend told me this many years ago the story. He said, son, as I looked at her, he said, the baby is crying again. That woman. And I said, Lord, what do we do? He said, son, all she needs is for me, the heavenly father, to wrap my loving arms around her. And church, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're facing, what you're dealing with, what you're against, but I've come to do this. He's still the father. His arms are outstretched to you. Oh, yes. And he's saying, just come on in. Come on in. Let me wrap my loving arms around you. Amen. So remember, when you hear the baby crying, you don't know. So let us walk in love. Because we don't know. We don't know what people are going through. We don't know what they're dealing with. I mean, the waitress at your table, she doesn't serve it just right. Maybe she accidentally pours the tea on you and not in the glass. I trust not. I hate to waste good sweet tea. Come on now. <laughs> but you don't know what people. So church, let me admonish you this. Let us walk in love because you don't know. Let us walk in mercy because you don't know. Let us walk in kindness. Why? Because you don't know. Remember, as you see the people there going through stuff, guess what? The baby is crying. Oh, glory. Why don't you raise your hands up high and say, thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, church. Raise your hands up high and say, thank you, Lord. Today is going to be a new day. Come on, shout. Today is going to be a new day. Oh, come on. You better shout it like you believe it. Come on now. Today is going to be a good, good day. Hallelujah. Woo. I feel it coming on strong. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. I'm so happy because this is already a good year. Everybody shout a good year. Now what year is this, 21? Oh, yeah, 2018. Everybody shout 18. Now why is this a good year? Why is this going to be a good year? Because 2018, the number 18 in the Hebrew means alive. Everybody shout alive. Come and show it again. Alive. When I saw this the first part of January, the Lord said alive. I said, what do you mean? He says, son, wherever you go, I want you to tell my people, 
So I'm going to tell you. He said, tell my people, this year is going to be a year when things come alive. Come on now. Maybe some things of death. Maybe some things of dead. Or maybe they die. But guess what? They're coming alive. I'm talking about dead goals, dead dreams, dead hopes, dead visions, dead finances. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Dead relationships. Guess what? This year is going to be a year. What? Guess what? It's going to come. What? Say it again. Said again, alive and passionate church is what? Alive. And a church that is alive is worth the drive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I encourage you to call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Because this church is what? Alive. And a church that's alive is what? Worth the drive. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Woo! 2018 is gonna be good. Everybody shout real good. You say, what all is going to happen? It's going to be good. Everybody shout good. Come on, shout it again. And I believe that for you, it's going to be what? Good. Come on again. Good. Now, what is that? That's G-O-O-D. What is that? That's get out of debt. Hallelujah. Well, how many of you ready for a good year? Come on, shout amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Somebody. Now, this morning... Bright and early. Now, I get up early. I'm an early riser. I'm talking about I'm an early riser. Three o'clock comes early every morning. Now, I don't get up at three, but it does come early. Come on out. But normally I get up about, you know, maybe six or so. But, but I got up early this morning, and I was praying for you. And that's a good thing to do. Because I love you, church. I I love, I honor you, I bless you. You're a great bunch. Hallelujah. Now, these are not my notes for today. It's not my message, but this is a little extra. Is that okay? A little appetizer. God said to tell Passion Church, it's coming. Everybody shout, it's coming. Come on, shout, it's coming. He said, and this year, tell them, it's coming. What's coming? A fresh wave of glory is coming your way. A fresh wave of greater acceleration is coming your way. A fresh wave of unlimited and prophetic visitation is coming your way. A fresh wave of great fruitfulness is coming your way. A fresh wave of great breakthroughs it's coming your way. Come on now. Oh, we in this year, I'm talking about 2018. And get ready because it's going to be seen in 2018. Hallelujah. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Raise your hands up high and shout, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. Well, how many have your Bibles with you this morning? Come on now. Just, come on, just hold them up high and make that of a man. Come on now, hold up your Bibles. Your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones. Come on now. Your blackberries, strongberries, bluebirds, cranberries, rats. Just hold them up high and just say this place. Say, I'm a victor. The devil's a victim. The case is closed. Amen. Would you turn with me, please, or turn it on to 2 Samuel. 
Oh, God is good. I said God is good. Second Samuel chapter 23. I'm going to do my best not to preach long today. I feel like saying to you the same thing that Elizabeth Taylor said to her eighth husband. She said, don't worry, I won't keep you very long. You liked that, didn't you, honey? <laughs> but Second Samuel chapter 23, two verses of Scripture, verses 11 and 12. And after him was Shammah. Everybody shout Shammah. And after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Hirate. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. We're here in Sweet Home, Alabama. We just call a ground full of lentils a bean patch or a pea patch. The Bible says, and the people fled from the Philistines, verse number 12. But he talking about Shammah. But he stood in the midst of the ground, in the midst of the pea patch, and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Notice and please the first part of verse number 12 again. But he stood. Come on, say that, please. But he stood. Come on, say it again. But he stood. It doesn't say, but he quit. It doesn't say, but he gave up. It doesn't say, but he threw in the towel. But what does it say, church? Come on, talk to me now. But he what? Stood. And I believe today, that the same spirit that rose up in Shammah is going to rise up in you today. Amen. I want to minister for just a few moments along these lines. Enough is enough. Come on, say that, please. Enough is enough. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I believe today that the spirit of a winner, the spirit of a warrior, the spirit of a conqueror, the spirit of a champion will arise in the hearts of your people. And because of your word, we will never, ever be the same again. We thank you now. We bless you. And all of God's people said together, Amen. Come on, say it again. Amen. But he stood, talking about Shammah. But Shammah stood. But who was Shammah? You see, Shammah was one of David's mighty men. Shammah was a mighty man of war. He was a tremendous man of valor. But also notice this. But Shammah was also a farmer in the land of Israel. 
I want you to see this scene. Because the scene that's taking place here in this portion of the Scripture is the same scene that had been taking place time after time, again and again, year after year. Let me stop and say this. If the same scene has been taking place in your life time after time, again and again, year after year, and it's a bad scene, then guess what? It's time to change the scenery. But notice the scene here. Now, what's going on? Shem, along with the other Israelites, they were down on that ground full of lentils and what? Down in the pea patch. And here they were down that pea patch, and they were gathering the fruits out of their labors. They were gathering on the ripened crops. They were gathering in the harvest. Everybody shout the harvest. Now, can you get a mental picture right now? Can you see them down in the field? Has anybody ever, ever picked peas before? Come on, talk to me. Yeah, I thought, yeah, you're from Alabama. I'm from Alabama, too. But here they were down in the pea patch, gathering in the harvest. Can you see them? But not only can you see them, but guess what? Somebody else could see them also. Who was it? It was a troop of Philistine soldiers. They were on the hillside looking down, down, down upon those down in the pea patch as they were gathering in the harvest. And you see, the Philistines had come for one reason. They were after the harvest. Everybody shout the harvest. They came against God's people year after year. Why? Because they were after the harvest. Now, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to do a study in the Old Testament. And every single time that the enemies of God came against God's people, I'm talking about the Syrians, the Moabites, the Malachites, the Amorites, etc. Every single time that the enemies of God came against God's people, they always came against God's people at Harvest time. The church marketer, if the enemy's coming against you right now, guess what? It is your harvest time. I'll say it again, beloved. It is your harvest time. And they were coming because they were after the harvest. And church, hear me. Hell is after your harvest. And shamus down that Philip was that pea patch. And Shem had just reached over and he grabbed a handful of peas off the vine. It was a big old handful of peas. El Grande. Had a big old handful of peas. All of a sudden, Shem hears the noise. Here's the commotion. Here's the ruckus. He sees the dust beginning to fly. He sees his fellow Israelites beginning to run in every direction. And he turns to see what is happening. And he sees those Philistine soldiers coming. And his fellow Israelites begin to flee. You see, when hell begins to come against you, when hell begins to come against your harvest, there's two things you can do. Number one, you can flee. Or number two, you can fight. Number one, 
you can surrender. Or number two, you can stand. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm going to stand and fight. Amen. And Shema sees all those Israelites fleeing in every direction. And he sees those Philistines coming, and he knows they're coming for one thing. He knows they're coming after the harvest. Shema sees them coming. He has that handful of peas. But all of a sudden, things change. And that handful of peas quickly becomes a fistful of peas. And they're coming down, down, down. They're getting closer and closer and closer. And Shammah begins to talk to himself. It's okay to talk to yourself if you're saying the right stuff. I love to talk to myself. I love good, intelligent conversation. Come on now. But Shammah begins to talk to himself as the bliss times are coming down, down, down. He began to grip those peas a little bit tighter. He begins to hold those fistful of peas in the air. He began to talk to himself. He said, these are my peas. God gave me these peas. I like peas. Come on now. He said, I broke up the fallow ground. I planted this field. I watered this field. I weeded this field. I drove where the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. This is my harvest. And there's not a devil in hell or out of hell that's going to have my harvest. And the Philistines are coming down, getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. But all of a sudden, Shammah holds that fistful of peas in the air. And he begins to shout it out loud as they're coming closer. He begins to shout it out loud. No more. No way. Enough is enough. Come on, everybody. I want you to hold that fifth full of peas in there. Come on. Hold it up high and shout it out loud. Enough is enough. Come on. Shout it again. Enough is enough. You see, what do you mean? You see, hell is after your harvest. But what is your harvest? It's whatever God has given you. Whatever God has promised you. Whatever God has prophetically spoken over you, you need to begin to rise up strong. Stand firm. Don't flee. Don't surrender. Stand up strong and begin to say, what? This is my harvest. I planted this harvest with my faith. I prayed, I've sought God, I believed. I haven't given up, I haven't wavered. This is my harvest. You say, but what is your harvest? That's the salvation of your household. That's complete, total healing and physical restoration. That's your family being set free from chains of bondage. That's you being debt-free. Come on now. That's your harvest. You got to make up your mind. What are you going to do? 
I don't know about you, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand and fight. I'm going to shout it out loud. What? Enough is enough. Come on again. Hold that handful of peas up high. Enough is enough. Come on again. Enough is enough. Tell your neighbor, say, enough is enough. You cannot be passive. Well, what will be, will be. Hindu, I don't do. <laughs> no church. Well, whatever it come with me, no, it's come what I say. Come on now. Come on now. And I say what? Enough is enough. I mean, some of you need to get mad. Come on now. I'm not talking about getting mad at your neighbor. Come on now. I'm not talking about getting mad at the pastor. But some of you need to get mad today. Some of you need to go home. You need to open up that front door. You need to walk in and point your finger at the devil. I'm not talking about your husband. You know, I'm talking about the devil. And begin to shout it out loud as you shake that fistful of peas. And say, no more. Get mad. So you've come against me for the last time. You've come against my home for the last time. You've come against my family for the last time. You've come against my marriage for the last time. You've come against my children for the last time. You've come against my joy for the last time. You've come against my peace for the last time. You've come against my health for the last time. You've come against my jaw for the last time. You've come against my career for the last time. You've come against my church for the last time. You've come against my pastor for the last time. Get out of here, devil. In the name of Jesus, come on, shout, amen, somebody. Let the spirit of Shammah begin to arise. Come on, say amen. Let it arise. Shammah, shout out what? Enough is enough. Come on, shout it again. Enough is enough. On the words of that great saint of old. Popeye the Sailor Man. Every Saturday morning growing up, I'd always watch Popeye. When I was little, I had a television. They didn't have televisions when Mitch was little, though, but anyhow. But every Saturday morning, I'd always watch Popeye. Did anybody else ever watch Popeye? Oh, I thought you had. Let me see your hands. Come on out. One, two, three, four. God's moving. Come on out. But here was every Saturday morning, I'd watch Papa. And who was Papa's arch enemy? Come on now. What's his name? Brutus. And Brutus was always coming against Papa's harvest. Now, who was Papa's harvest? Olive oil, his main squeeze. <laughs> I'm talking about Papa. We'll see Brutus coming time and time again. Papa will see him coming, and Papa will get really mad. He will get ticked off. Oh, yeah, because Brutus was coming after his what? His harvest. And he was coming after what? Your harvest. And finally, Papa would get to the breaking point. He was. 209, 210, 211, and then came one next, 212, 
That's the boiling point. And then Brutus would be coming. And then all of a sudden, Popeye would reach over and grab that can of what? Can of what? Spinach. Yeah, you saw all that cartoon. And Popeye would grab that can full of spinach. And before Popeye would consume that can full of spinach, he had always saved these words. Remember the words he would say as he was holding that spinach? He said, what? I've had all I can stand, and I can stand no more. Woo! Why don't you hold up your can of spinach? Come on, church. Hold it up high. Come on out. Oh, yeah. And I want you to say this with me, please. I've had all I can stand, and I can stand no more. You see, Papa had the spirit of Shammah. Woo! Hallelujah. And you've got to rise up strong in this hour and get mad getting mad. The violet. I said the violet. Take it by force. Now we're to be gentle in spirit concerning the things of God and the people around but when it comes to the forces of darkness and the defeated ones of hell. We rise up strong. Why? Because hell is after your harvest. Hell's going to come against you time and time and time again, honey. You say, well, I'm being attacked by the enemy. Hell's coming against me. I got a word for you. Welcome to the body of Christ. Come on now. But at a great, great football game, I'm talking about a game such as when Alabama beats Auburn. Rooted. Did I say that? <laughs> but I'm talking, you say, well, tell me please. Brother Danny, why is hell coming against me? I'm doing my best to live for God. I thought once I got saved and spirit-filled and, and started coming to Passion Church, I thought I'd had no more problems and heartaches and troubles and trials and woes and calamity. Honey, if you believe that nonsense, you bought a bad set of tapes. Amen. He said, well, help me out, please. Help me now. Why is the devil, why is hell coming against me? Very simple. They only tackle the one who has the ball. Come on, say amen. But somebody else will say, well, you know, maybe that's what's happening to you. But the devil, he's not coming against me. Well, that's simple. Why is that? If the devil's not coming against you, that must mean that you and the devil are walking in the same direction. Come on out. But if you're laboring diligently in the pea patch of life, if you're serving God if you're striving to walk in the ways of God, upright before God, to walk with a life that is clean and pure. And I made up my mind a long time ago, Brother Norris, I'm going to walk clean and right before my God. I don't smoke, drink, ditch, you cuss, gamble, or chase ugly women. Come on now. But if you live for God, if you serve God, hell's going to come against you. But guess what? You can rise up strong with a handful of peas and say, what is enough? Come on, shout it again. Enough is enough. And that's what Shammah did that day. And guess what? The Bible tells us, and he wrought a great victory that day. Hallelujah. Notice what happened that day. Three things, three things to notice in that person of Scripture. Number one, Shammah stood. Come on, say that, please. Shammah stood. Come on, say it again. Shammah stood. If he stood, you can stand. Shammah stood. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, I love these words. 
Exodus 14, verse 13 says, Fear not, but stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I love that, Brother Norris. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to kind of break that down. In other words, you say this, why don't you just put up a front row seat and watch God begin to show up, show out, and show off for you. Come on now. Come on now. Stand still. Come on, say that, please. Stand still. Now, that phrase right there in Exodus 14, verse 13, where it says, stand still, in the original Hebrew, it simply means this. Relax. Take it easy. Don't panic. Everybody shout, don't panic. Come on, you better shout it again. When hell's coming against you, what do you do? When hell begins to rage, what do you do? And that's what's happening to Shammah. I mean, the enemy was coming against him, but guess what? He stood still. He didn't begin to say, what was me? What was me? No, he stood still. Don't panic. Come on, say that, please. Don't panic. When hell is raging, what do you do? Don't panic. When your boss says, I'm sorry, I've got to lay off, what do you do? When your mother-in-law decides to move in with you, what do you do? <laughs> or move. Come on now. <laughs> But don't panic. And Shammah didn't panic. What else? Number two, Shammah expected. Come on, say that, please. Shammah expected. Come on, say it again. Shammah expected. Why don't you expect that God is going to show up for you? I love these words. It's in the Living Bible. In Psalms 119, verse 81, I'm sorry, Psalm 119, verse 81 from the Living Bible declares, I expect your helpful God for you have promised it. I love that. I expect your help, O oh God, for you have promised it. You see, Shammah had lived with and served with David, and David taught his mighty man that when hell begins to rage, you can expect God's help to come on the scene. But Shammah stood, and Shammah expected. What else? Shammah didn't quit. Come on, say that, please. Shammah didn't quit. And church, things may come your way. I'm not, I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom and woe and calamity. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Things are coming against you right now, honey. But God said, don't give up. Don't quit. You're about to receive some things break loose to the right hand and the left. God says, don't give up because soon you're going to see things turn for you. This is your season. This is your time. But I don't know what Shammah had. Maybe there in the pea patch, Lama said, maybe he had a sword. I don't know. And maybe he had a spear, a javelin, a dagger, a club. I don't know. Maybe all he had was just a fistful of peas. But guess what? He didn't give up. To the la they came from all around. But Shamba didn't give up to the last one was laying dead on the ground. Hell rises against you, beloved. Hell is coming against your harbors. He wants to take your family down. He wants to destroy your sons and your daughter. He wants to take your family down, your career, your joy, your peace. But I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going to rise up strong and say what? Enough is enough. How about just give me five more minutes? Come on, anybody talk to me, somebody. In the fall of 2005, 
I was ministering in the state of Indiana. And there was a prayer line I was praying for this one and this one and this one and this one. And I noticed there was some commotion going on as a mom and a dad came to the altar. And the dad was holding the son, a little five, six-year-old son, firmly. And that son was just, let me down, let me down, and yelling and screaming and fighting his dad to try to get out of his dad's arms. Found that lady, the son had severe autism. Some mental problems, mental disorders, learning disabilities. Let me down and fighting his dad, but his dad just holds on tight. And when they came down, I know those about maybe 25, 30 more to pray for, but I sensed the urgency there, and I said, y'all just take it. And I went on down the line to where they were, and I said, what is it? They said, no more, no more. You know what were they saying? They were saying the same thing that Shama said. Come on, church. They're the same thing that Papa said. Come on, church. And they said, our son, we need God's help. Because the school has told us if there's not a change, that we can't keep him here at the school. And something was happening that mom or that dad, but they had, I mean, they were rising up saying, no more devil, no more devil, no more devil, no more devil. And that little boy was fighting to get out of the dad's arm to get down. And, and here it was, and Brother Norris, something happened. I saw that hurting mom and dad there. And all of a sudden, I just reached out to lay my hands upon that young boy. He began to swat at my hands. But I just pushed on through, fighting his hands on mine, but I just pushed on through. And I just, and I just pushed on, and I just touched that young boy. I wouldn't let go. I didn't pray a long prayer. I mean, oh, you don't need to pray a long prayer in public if you pray long in private. Come on now. And I just pushed on through, and I said, Father God, I I don't remember the exact words, but it's kind of like this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, touch this young boy. Change this young boy. Heal this young boy right now. And as soon as I pray that prayer, just like that, just like that, that young boy, calm down, so peaceful, so quiet, so gentle, so serene, just calm down. Well, I went back to praying. I never found out what happened until last summer when I got a letter. I was at that church one time, one time, and I never went back after that, that week of meetings. But the mom ran me down. She says, I've got to tell you the story. And I forgot about it because it's been years and years. And she said, that night you prayed for a son and God did touch him. God did change him. God did heal him. He goes back to school, and a couple of days later, they get a note, but this time it was a different kind of a note. The teacher said, I don't know what is happening to your son, but he's the most gentle, the kindest, the sweetest, the most attentive student I've got in my class. And this past June, guess what happened? He graduated valedictorian from his class. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you can't tell me. 
There's not a God. You can't tell me the throne of heaven is not still occupied. You can't tell me that he is still not God. But something happened that night in the night of the north. That mom and that dad, they came down that aisle and they were seeing this. No more. No way. This is my child. This is my heart. They were saying no more. Enough is enough. Come on, shout. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please, right now? Somebody raise your hands and begin to magnify Him, for He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sense for the Norse. I'm not one to, to talk about the enemy, but there is an enemy. Years ago, Howell Lynch wrote the book, Satan Alive and Well on Earth. He may be alive, but he's not well. He's been bruised all over by the finished work of Calvary. But hell, I know what I'm talking about. Hell's been coming against, coming against you. You've been attacked. Hell's been bombarding you. Hell's been coming against you. Why? Because he's after your harvest. As I said a moment ago, I said again, right now, if the enemy is coming against you, let's be honest. Come on now. You see, we want to put on the church face. When we begin to drive on the property of the AUM here, I saw the Eagle Tower. I said to Pastor Norton, I said, somebody vandalized that tower. But AUM, you scratch, I should scratch that spray paint roll tide. But anyhow, that's another story. You can say anything under the anointing. Come on now. <laughs> But you see, we're, we leave home, we're coming here, and you're facing hell. Come on, let's be honest. You're facing all kinds of stuff. What kind of stuff? You know the stuff I'm talking about. Like that little woman in the boat today. I don't know what she was facing. The baby was crying. And you're going through some stuff in your home, your family, your marriage, your business, your, your neighbors, your job, your career, whatever, whatever it may be. We, we turn into... Even here, and immediately we, we put on the church face. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. How's it going, brother? How's it going? Woo! I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're not. You're going through hell. No, honey, I know I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings, and I know the favor of God is mine. But I'll be honest with you. Now, I'm not a man of defeat. I don't talk defeat. I don't walk in defeat. I'm a conqueror, yea, more than a conqueror. I'm a champion. I'm a winner. I'm a gate stormer. I'm a giant, I'm a giant slayer. I'm a full-time frontline fanatical freedom fighter. We just say hell comes against me. Hell comes against my harvest. Let's be honest. How many of you in the past year, you've gone through a season of attack? Anybody? Come on. Let me see hands. Come, oh, my God. 
the past year, the past year, the past year. How many of you have gone through some attacks in the past six to nine months? Come on now. The past three to six months. The past month. The past week. Today. <laughs> See, attacks are going to come, Rosie. Attacks will come against you in so many areas. Because he knows everybody's different. He knows he can come against you here, but when it fit me there. Come against me here, but not affect you there. He'll come. But you know, Brother Norris, I've learned not a lot. But I've learned a few things in my Christian walk the past 46 years. When hell begins to come against me, when attacks come, I'm not going to roll over and quit. I'm not going to get gloomy and have a pity party. You say, why is it? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready, church? Are you ready? Here it is. Here it is. Attacks are going to come, honey. They're going to come. They're going to come. Listen, listen, listen. An attack is simply an indication that you are not conquered yet. Come on now. I said an attack is simply an indication that you are not conquered yet. That's why I'm still going to attacking you. If you were already conquered, he wouldn't be coming against you. He would have you down. We're going to pray right now for some of you. Once again, how many of you would say, hell's been coming against me? Let me see hands. Let me see hands. Put them up. We're going to pray for just a moment. We're going to pray for you. But let me ask you the question. I never have closed the service. I never will. This April will be, my Lord, 45 years of traveling. That's a long time. I've been traveling as an evangelist for 45 years. I started traveling when I was four years old. I cannot lie, it was 21. Come on now. Now you know my age, 66. But damn. But all these years, I've never closed the service without asking this question. Where do you stand with God? Look at me, look at me, look at me. Everybody, look it up. What are you going to do when you hit the bottom? I said, what are you going to do when you hit the bottom? You said, what do you mean by that? Well, this past summer, I was ministering in the Smoky Mountains, a little church up there, and I was sitting outside waiting for the pastor to pick me up, and I was sitting in a rocking chair just having a good old time. And there was two rocking chairs. One man came and just sat down beside me in the rocking chair beside me, and I wanted to be courteous and polite. And I said, I said, well, how's it going? He looked back and said, well, so far, so good. And then something rolls up in my spirit. I said, yeah, but what are you going to do when you hit the bottom? He said, do what? I said, but what are you going to do when you hit the bottom? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, right now you're saying everything's fine. Well, so far, so good. I said, maybe for you in your life, everything is going good right now. So far, so good. But what do you do when you hit the bottom? He said, I don't understand. I said, well, there's a man. There's a man who has fallen from the top of the Empire State Building. As he's about halfway down, somebody shouted out from an open window, how's it going? The man who was falling said, well, so far, so good. I said, but what happened to the man when he hit the bottom? The man in the rocker said, well, what do you mean? I said, he went to heaven or he went to hell. 
I said, what about you right now? Maybe, sir, I don't know you. But you're saying so far so good. Maybe in your life, your home, your job, the things pertaining to you, maybe things are going fine, smooth, hunky-dory. I said, but what's going to happen when you, when you hit the bottom? From the time the man from the, fell from the top of the Empire State Building, how long was it? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds? How long? Maybe ten seconds. I said, what about you, sir? I said, your heart quit, quit beating in the next 10 seconds. Your lungs quit, quit breathing in the next 10 seconds. If your life is over right now, what are you going to do when you hit the bottom, heaven or hell? He looked at me with such eyes of, you know, lost as he says, I don't want to go to hell. I said, you don't have to pray. I, mean, I said, you don't, you don't have to. I said, let me pray for you now. Right there, guess what? I got to lead that man to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, where do you live? He said, I'm here in business. I said, where do you live? He said, in Baltimore. I said, good. I got the right church for you in Baltimore, friend of mine. Divine connections. But what about you, church? Well, I got a good job. I got a good home. I got a good family. I got a good wife. I got a wife that knows how to cook. Just right. You should have shouted amen, Mitch. But so far, so good. But you see, life can be over so quickly. Life can be. You see, I've died before. I've died. I've died twice on the operating table. Years ago, I was having open, open heart surgery. But they put those paddles on me. I got two words for you. I'm back. But <laughs> see, what, what, what would happen if they weren't able to bring me back? What about you, church? Life could be over. I'm asking the question, are you ready? See, we can put on that church face and, whoa, glory to God, amen, 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 hallelujah. But you know deep down where you stand with God. You can fool me, you can fool Pastor Norris or Miss Cindy or others. You can't fool yourself and you can't fool God. I'm asking your church, what are you going to do when you hit the bottom? I want to pray for you right now. If you're here today and you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you never said, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I don't want to die and go to hell. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to hit the bottom and go to hell, but I want to be saved. I want to know that I know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'll be saved for all of eternity. If you don't know, guess what? Today could be your day. I'm going to pray for you. So if you're here today, you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or maybe you say, I used to live for God, but I've backslid. I've turned my back on God. I'm not walking with God. I'm not serving God. But I need to make a fresh start. Today can be the day. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one looking around this between you and God. I want you to take a thorough but a brief examination. Where do you stand with God? What are you going to do when you hit the bottom? So right now, I'm going to count to three. Just where you stand. I would not embarrass you for a thing in the world, but I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you never said, Jesus, I don't want to die and go to hell. 
come into my life and take over, be the absolute savior of my life. Or maybe you're away from God, you're backslid. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. It's a count to three this morning. If that's you, just where you are, just where you are. I'm not going to have you do anything to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. So right, if you're not where you should be with God, as a count to three, if, if you're not right with God, I want you to raise your hands up high and put them back down as a count to three. Do it. Do it now. One, put them up. Put them up. Put them up high. Put them up. God bless you. Come put them up high. Put those hands up high. Is there one? Is there one? Two, put them up high. Put them up high. Is there one today? Three. Three. Everybody look up and smile. If you're saved, and you know what? Say a big amen. I want to encourage you next week, bring somebody here that doesn't know the Lord. Everybody raise your hands up. Let me pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, the name is above every name. I know that many are facing difficult times. God, I know that hell has been roaring and raging against them coming after the harvest. But Father God, I believe today that something has happened. I believe the spirit of a warrior has arose today. That the same spirit that rose up and the life of Shammah is rising up strong today in the life of every man, every woman, every boy and girl that is here. Father, I believe right now the enemy is coming after the harvest. But Father, the enemy will not have the harvest because it belongs to them purchased by the finished work of Jesus. And Father, right now, let them rise up today and they will not flee, but they will fight. They will not surrender, but they'll stand today like Shammah. They will stand and fight. And all of God's people said amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let that music continue. I love that music softly. Softly and gently. Church, it's been a great day. I love you. God bless you. If you forget everything I say, remember this. Danny Johnston loves you. I love you. This is a great bunch, Norris. Send this great bunch. But I've been traveling now for this April be 45 years. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. I was old Winslow, Buffalo, too, well, Great Lake, Salt Lake. I've been everywhere, man. Or I preached everywhere, man. But you know, from coast to coast and around the world, numerous nations of the world, and just a few days from now, on the 19th, I'm going back to Haiti. I've been to Haiti a number of times before. I love Haiti, the precious, precious nation, precious friends in Haiti. But it's been devastating. A poverty great devastation in recent years. An earthquake that shook the entire nation of Haiti in the past. Five years been devastated by five major hurricanes. But I'm going back to Haiti. Why am I going back to Haiti? I love Haiti. I love that precious But I'm not going to vacation. Going to vacation, I go to Myrtle Beach or Destin, Florida. I go to Maui. I go to Pigeon Bourget. For those who don't know better, some call it Pigeon Bourget. But why am I going back? I'm going back to Haiti on the 19th. Ministry in five great cities here in Haiti. To give them Jesus. To give them Jesus. 
And also in the middle of the week, we have our ministers meeting there. Ministers, 1,500 ministers. Give me more. At least in the South, 1,500. Why am I going to Haiti? Because it's all about souls. How many believe that Haiti needs the gospel? Come on, talk to me now. Haiti needs the gospel. In March, March the 3rd, I'm going back to Nicaragua. Why? Because Nicaragua needs the gospel. In May, I'm going back to India. Why? Because what? India needs the gospel. And I've been asked to go in the summer to Italy. That's a no-brainer. I love Italian food. Come on now. I'm still praying about Italy, though, but why do I go? Why do I go? Because there's a go you're not heard. And maybe how many of you would, would say, on a sea, Haiti saved. Come on, talk to me now. On a sea, Nicaragua saved. On a sea, India saved. Do we? Do we do it? It's easy to raise your hands. It's easy to shout amen. But I challenge you. The last time I saw Brother John Osteen, the last time I saw Brother John, the last time we talked, he said these words to me. I'll never forget as long as I live. He said, God will always, everybody shout always. He said, God will always abundantly bless those who will give in obedience to me. Listen to that statement again. He said, God will always, everybody shout always. Because he's faithful. God will always abundantly bless those who will give in obedience to me. I was in Atlanta, Georgia last May, the first of May, and there's a, there's a girl, young girl in the church. And she'd been saving aside money, setting aside money for college. And she didn't know where all the rest is going to come from, but she had enough money she'd saved with the past 18 years of her life for her first year of college. I'm talking about, it was a large chunk of change. And I was going to Nicaragua. And this little girl says, Lord, I gave that statement that says, God will always abundantly bless those who give an obedience to missions. That little 18-year-old girl gave the entirety of her sins. Oh, God. And I was, normally, I was saying, thank you, but this time I said, oh, God, help her, help her, help her. But you know what? A man in the church, a very blessed businessman, didn't know what she did, but knew that she had a heart to go to that of the school they got bulldogs there come on out Georgia but he came up to her about a week later he said darling God just spoke to me and he's a very blessed man he said God told me you want to go to college yes sir God told me I'm going to pay for entire college as long as you go if you go four years you go and get your master's your doctorate whatever God told me just to bless you every time you need. Come on, shout amen. Come on, shout amen. I was just in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Back in the fall when I was going to Haiti. I was in Haiti back in November. I says, God will always abundantly bless those who give it obedience to missions. The sound man. He said, okay, Lord, I'm going to give this. 
and prepared a gift to give. And God said, that's not it. What do I do? He said, I want you to give three times. Oh, God. Oh, whoo, whoo, whoo. But he tripled what he was going to give. Gave three times the amount. Guess what? The next week, he got a job, another job, a better job, making three times the amount he was. Come on, shout amen, somebody. He was making roughly 50000 a year, but God gave him that better job, making roughly 150000 What are you saying? I'm saying this in the words of that great servant of God that he said a few years ago, Brother John Osteen. God will always abundantly bless those who give in obedience to missions. That little precious girl there in Atlanta, she gave her college money and God abundantly blessed her. That some of the church there in Kentucky, guess what? He obeyed God and gave triple. Guess what? The next week, he got a job making three times a job. Triple. Guess what? If God did it in Georgia, God did it in Kentucky, God can do it in the Holy Land. Hallelujah. Alabama. But what if you give as Brother Norris comes? Don't just go through the motion. You see, we're quick to drive through $8. Spend $10, $15 more quickly. We'll go to a restaurant with the family and spend $25, $32. But something I'm more valuable now. I'm talking about souls. As Pastor Norris talked about this morning, this is the greater investment mission. I'm asking you. Help me to go to Help me go to Nicaragua. Help me go to India. And I say this. God bless you. Will you bow your hand, close your eyes for my listen to the voice of the Lord. While the Lord speaks to you again. Father, we just take a moment right now.
right? That's good. You know, I have a few shares in a, in, in a particular stock, and every quarter I get a dividend check. Dividend check in the mail, you know. Here's the thing. You're going to get a dividend off of this investment. Amen. You got your offering there. Well, Brother Danny, pray one more time that we're going to receive it. Father, thank you for the generosity of your people. Thank you for that the people of passion, generous people, Lord, they have a heart for the lost, a heart, Father, to see uh, the nation reach with the gospel. Father, I pray that as they invest uh, in Brother Danny's ministry and in the ministry of the gospel, Father, that it will be given back to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men will pour back into their bosom. Pour it back to them. Abundant. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, guys, and uh, receive that. Receive our investment to the kingdom. While they're doing that, I want to make a couple of announcements, and then we're going to dismiss you and let you go real quickly. We have our monthly passion prayer meeting. Every month we have uh, uh, a prayer meeting. We get together our prayer team, but also all those who uh, are willing and are able to. We uh, we are we meet at Wellsprings Campus, which is the bushes there. They open up that for us so that we can pray the prayer. So it'll be from 9 until 11 at Wellsprings Campus. If you need information about that, Bunny right here, or Brother Ed, or myself, or Cindy, if we can tell you how to get there, Brother Bruce back here, or any on the prayer team. Also, coming up, a special service in April, April 1st, which is Easter Sunday, uh, that evening at Riverwalk Stadium here, something called an Awaken, Awaken River Region event. Uh, we're participating in it. The last uh, planning meeting I was in, there were over 60 churches in the area that are going to be involved in this. It's going to be a worship celebration. We're going to be praying for our, our, the river region in this area, but it's just going to be a time where the people of God come together and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And we're going to, we're going to worship God. We're going to make His praises known and His name known. We're going to pray over the, this city. So I want to encourage you to uh, participate in that. There's a website you can go on called Awaken. Uh, on our Facebook, there will be a link there as well. Would you stand up on your feet real quickly? Just going to dismiss you and let you go. Father, thank you today for what you've done in our lives. Father, the words you've spoken, the things by the Holy Spirit, Father, that have been ministered to our lives. I thank you, Lord, that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it's set forth to do. I bless the people as they go now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.